So, um, have y'all heard of the Highway Men? It's an old country band. It's mm. like a super band. It's got like um, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings. Like, oh yeah. yeah. All, okay. Nope. So. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Well. No Waylon and no Willie, and I'm sure I've heard them sing together. So you know. So now there's a group called the High Women, and it's for like powerhouse um, country star super okay. singers that are female vocalists that have come together to kind of bring back that spirit of the highwaymen and they just dropped an album together and it's been on repeat like i heard i heard through some of my like um sources for good music uh, about these highwomen and i was like Maybe. Are they from Colorado? High women? No, they're not. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but they are. That is consult what. Consult a marketing firm or something. I don't right. Know. Well, they're. So anyway, whatever. I know. It's funny. Ha ha. But I have like. I didn't expect to listen to the first song on their album and immediately be hooked. But man. Was I and my favorite one that has really been on repeat is this one called Crowded Table, and it's just like I want my life to like I want to come home to a crowded table of like mm. good people, and I want to sow seed Ooh, or I want to I want to grow a garden. If we're gonna grow a garden, we have to sow seeds and like this kind of be the work of my life. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. So I wonder, what was the last band that just like knocked you over when you heard them for the first time? So the the last band that really knocked me over, and, and it was one I got introduced to actually through church, um, but it's called the Brilliance, and, and and they are, you know, you have your Christian adjacent yeah, category, that's right? right? I have a CCM adjacent category, okay. so they're adjacent to contemporary Christian right. music, right? And the Brilliance fall in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, they say profound things and deep things, and and things that a lot of times in worship music we're afraid to go there, yeah. right? Uh, either because of the vulnerability of it or just the the call to real action and, yeah. and that is sometimes not always found. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got introduced to them, I've, I've seen them in concert like four times now. And every time they come through Central mm-hmm. Texas, I'm there, right? Oh, and yeah. um, and you're going to hear from them next week because my, my one extra song, my bonus track here is – from them, right? It's called. So don't give too much away. Don't don't give too much away. Um, You'll get more about them next week, but um, don't. You're not allowed to listen to the song. (laughs) (laughs) You have to hold on. Well, there's a couple different versions of the song with some special guests and not special guests. So you have to guess which one of the. I'm going to censor out your your saying of the song name. Actually, I'm I'm not going to. Yeah, just believe it. (laughs) Did he cuss on the podcast? (laughs) What happened? This is a tangent. We're talking about high women, and now we're. Have you ever seen the videos though, where they like do the unnecessary censorship, like? They just do yes. movie scenes that don't actually have anything. Oh yes. I think those videos are really funny. But never, sorry, <laughs> I love how I like cracked that. up you are at yourself <laughs> in this moment. Those are the kinds of videos that I'll just that you just get in like a coma. in a loop. Yeah. And See, watch. I love the the outtakes videos from like NFL games where they soup they yes voice they voice oh my god and, and have the so little high pitched little crazy words coming yes. out of the referee's mouth or the yeah. players. But, Bad lip readings. Yeah, bad lip readings. Yes, those those, uh, I will go down a rabbit trail with and and enjoy quite fervently. So, yeah. So, what's your song? Oh, um, okay. Not song, your band. I guess 
I guess I'm it, maybe it's the whole acoustic singer songwriter thing like I can't get away from. But bands for some reason usually don't capture me as much as like singular artists yeah. do. So like this guy Noah Gunderson. I like hold on like I like that this is like Kiefer's like thing that he delineated out of the question I asked <laughs> when I like yeah. all of it counted. Okay, sorry. It's, continue. It, it did every Your word. Your singer songwriter. Okay, of sorry. choice. So he used to do like just him and a he started out doing albums with just like him and a guitar. But yeah. recently, his last two mainly have been like totally different. Like kind of he has had like a studio band and stuff like that. And his last one, he incorporated like a ton of new sounds and stuff, and it was real cool. And it came out just like a month or two ago. So Noah Gunderson's most recent album so is, good. is the one that's just super good. Yeah, mostly for the musical content, like the actual yeah. what he was doing in the studio and. I mean, he's a great songwriter, too, so it's his lyrics and everything, too. But, yeah, that's the most recent one for me. And he is... Oh, yeah, and he is who your person, who we're yep. going to talk about here in a second, your... Uh, bonus track. Bonus track, thank you. Your bonus track uh, mm-hmm. person. He's He, Noah Gunderson, is your bonus track person's... I think what you're trying to say is that if you were to pull up David Ramirez on Spotify, iTunes, whatever... The first artist that you would see linked to him is Noah Gunderson. Is Noah Gunderson. Yes, yes. Which brings us to, I guess. It does. It brings us to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. Welcome. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Jess Kiefer. We're so glad you're here. If you haven't caught on yet, we are continuing the bonus track season in our life, uh, looking at the vinyl theology, the Mm -hmm. theology that is found in the songs that speak to our soul. And today we get to hear from the queen of Christian adjacent. Hello. Hello. Uh, Pastor Melissa's got a song for us that I had not heard uh, until this week, but it is amazing. Why don't you tell us about it and help us begin our conversation with it so this song is by uh, david ramirez and the song is called an introduction it's found on his apologies album and i have never so clearly listened to a song for the first time and felt punched in the gut Mm. as a christian so that's why i chose this song because i wanted us to really expand in this bonus tracks time Um, what we're talking on because there's so much good that we're talking about in the sermons and through our worship time and I wanted to also hit on the fact that songs can also convict us Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what this song did for me so the first time I heard the song it just struck me with how true it was Um, pieces Mm -hmm. of it were so relevant to my story um, I have um, prayed in Southern Baptist chapels and I've stood in Roman cathedrals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have traded in pews for bar stools. I have searched for God. Um, I've left the church. I've come back. And yet, though I've returned, I know so, so many dear beloved friends mm-hmm. who traded in that pew mm-hmm. and they haven't come back. But yet, in their lives when you can weed through the busyness through the things that have to get done today and when you can get them to talk about 
those deeper questions of life. There's still this deep longing for where is God in their life, but they don't know how to answer it or where to find it. Mm -hmm. And they don't feel that the church is a safe place to answer that. In that conviction of the song, because the other beauty and truth of the song is it doesn't resolve itself. It no. doesn't tie a bow on itself. There's no answer of he he's ended in a Methodist church or, you know, or this Although that, that is church. clearly the right, right answer, that, right? right? Everybody gonna, should find the Lord in the United Methodist Church. If you're going to put Baptist um, and uh, Roman Catholic next to each other, the outcome is Methodist, the, I think. But, <laughs> but they marry each the other. That's what happens. Middle ground. That's right. But <laughs> we no. got Jesus and liturgy. It's yeah, all good. It's all yeah, good. but that, yeah. you know, as much as, you know, I want that to be the case for so many, it just, the truth is, is it isn't. Um, and so... I can remember, um, I've seen David Ramirez. He's one of my go-tos um, when concert season comes around. Okay, okay. I go see David Ramirez anytime he's in town. Mm. And I've seen him um, solo um, with just him and a guitar. And I've seen him full band. And um, some of my favorite times have just been just him and a guitar. And the first time I saw him, before this song even existed, um, it was a sold-out show in Dallas and... You could hear a pin drop in that entire room, Mm. Um, a crowd of people um, and a lot of people who had been drinking already of the night. And yet his voice could capture you. Um, And it's really good that he's good at banter, too. So in between the songs, he keeps you going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I really noticed that uh, you sent us the title to this song. Uh And right before we sat down to record this, uh, y'all played a version of it that is the full band version. Yes. But when I had YouTubed it to listen, because it was unfamiliar to me, Mm -hmm. right? I got the, it's from a confession series where it's just him and a guitar in a poorly lit room. And and it is haunting, it, yeah. but at the same time, it will pull you in and, and sort of grip you in a way that not everything does. That is my favorite. His voice, like one of my, that's also something about that I think adds so much to the song is his voice and the way he plays music. Um, because he has a way in concerts, his voice is so loud it is so booming that he can just step away from the mic and it's still loud in the mic Mm. um and so it it carries in that more haunting way that just hits deep at your soul Mm. um and that's a powerful play on this song and i also appreciate the way he does it with a full band because his um i would classify him definitely a singer songwriter but also in that americana genre Mm -hmm. and so his stuff can have a little bit of a folksy vibe to it. It can have that singer-songwriter vibe. But in the full band version of it, it makes me think of like an opening scenes of a spaghetti western. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you have <laughs> yeah. the like uh, all the, you know, <laughs> yes, thank yeah, you, the, tra- the train beat thing. Yeah, yeah you yeah. have all that going and the um, 
like the wah 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 almost mm-hmm. kind of sound that gets created in there too. I heard surf rock. I think that's what surf I said. When rock, I heard it. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, yes, yeah, sound. that kind of yeah. exactly. And so, and I think that's intentional because you know even in westerns, there's so many times that there is this adventure mm-hmm. that's happening that I think is intentional there mm-hmm. um, on his part to kind of play it into that. Yeah, very cool. Well, I have a question, Melissa. What is your favorite? If you had to pick a line from the song that may be, maybe not your favorite, but the most like punch in the gut, tangible lyric from the song, it's, what would it be? Okay. Yeah. That's so easy. Yeah. Um, okay. It good. smelled like a hospital, Oof. but no one was being cured. Mm. Oh, man. Right? It, um, <laughs> it's sad, but it's true of some churches, not all churches, right? Um, But some churches, this line is too true of that you literally can walk in to a church and there's some churches that you walk into and it smells musty. Mm. It smells kind of old. It literally smells like death and decay. Mm. Um, Or it smells of um, that like, a stringent kind of smell that's trying to cover over mm. the other musks and things that have been um, those maintenance issues that have been pushed off honestly too long. Mm. Um, and so in that, that typically that outward sign of that physical smell and sensation that you have is typically an indicator of the inward health mm. of that community. Mm. Um, and so the point of churches, you know, um, as cliche as the saying can be, is a hospital for the sinner, right? And there's some truth and there's some okay and more. Yeah. But um, the fact is, is we are supposed to be a place for all of us who are broken to be able to come to, to find healing, to find wholeness in the good news of who God is and who Christ is to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many times you can walk in and you miss churches forget to actually give that message. Mm. Yeah. When, when I encountered that line, you know, it smelled like a hospital, but no one was being cured. I was reminded, um, that, that in, in some contexts, and, and not all, but in some, we, and, and from talking to, you know, my friends who have left church and aren't back, yeah. right, um, and who will look at me like I'm a nut mm-hmm. for doing what I'm doing with my life, they will name that part of this smelled like a hospital but no one was being cured is found in, in that the churches they experienced define themselves by not what they were there to do, but who they were against. Yes. Yeah. Not what they were for, but what was terrible and no good and very bad and needed to be, you know, um, needed to be torn from the face of the earth rather than where am I in need of healing and renewal and how can I partner with God in the healing renewal of the yeah. world, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so in that sense, you've, you've got the idea of the hospital, but no actual cure is happening because instead of focusing on how do we bring the cure, we're focusing on screaming at the diseases, Uh, you know? Yeah. Yes. So I even love how those first two lines play to it because I think sometimes that's the beginning downfall 
of churches. Those first two um, lines made me think they must have been to a Methodist church. And then I got to right. the third line. I'm like, eh, not so much. So the first oh. two lines are, they raised me on donuts and coffee under fluorescent lights. We watched outdated movies, which, yes. you know, in the Vine, our welcoming thing <laughs> is make yourself at home, yeah. get a cup of coffee and have um, a donut. And have a donut. Yeah. Like that's yeah. part of who we are. And there is a hospitality element and a genuineness in that, right? So there can be good and even in the vibe we worship under fluorescent lights and right? i will i will say i refuse to call it outdated but the kids did just watch elf a few <laughs> weeks ago so I'm not, I'm not claiming that it's outdated i love that movie and i will watch it forever but right you know. so like but there there's a sense that like churches we we're nonprofits. like yeah. we cannot keep up with all the greatest latest tech and gear nor should we strive to or have to. Well, and, and I don't want to be sound judgmental for a second, but I guess I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Come on. Take it head on. When when we name the it smelled like a hospital but no one's being cured, I have experienced that less often in the musty old dying oh, church okay. and more in the church of what's here and happening now mm. with 17,000 people there yes. that has spent $8 million yes. on their lighting rig and has shoots their sermons in 4K mm-hmm. and broadcasts better than NBC or CBS or any one of the, yeah. the alphabet yeah. soup of, of national broadcast companies. And, and there, it's Jesus-centric entertainment. Yes. I mean, again, uh, I don't want to paint a broad a... brush. I mean, and, and I know that there are places where life-transforming work happens, but the ones that I have experienced... Yeah have been that hospital and it's a beautiful hospital <laughs> it is pretty it smells great yeah. the coffee is frou-frou and would fit all of your yep. coffee oh, snob yes. expectations right the worship sets are awesome incredible don't even get you know, started even, on the worship right. in those, in those big places oh. and everybody has holy heartburn from moment one um <laughs> but yeah but the spirit of the way that God is actually alive. The spirit, and, and the thing that I think is it, it's deeply and intimately found in, in this song, the, the spiritual honesty mm-hmm. that says, I have searched and I have searched, and there have been days when I'm ready to quit, and there have been days when I've actually quit, when I've traded my pew for a bar stool. Yeah. And yet, even in the face of that, I'm still searching. And I haven't found it yet, but it won't let me go, right? Yes. To, to name that. Yeah. I still haven't found <laughs> Right? We're just going well, back to it, right? Back around. It all comes full, full circle. That's whole right. Full know. circle. Um, and so it, it is, it's just a... I think this does capture, you know, I don't know if we said this on air or if we said it ahead of time. This feels like the anthem of the millennial raised yeah. in the church, yeah, right? It does. Um, and, and and I know, I can't tell you how many of my friends have, have traded <laughs> the latest Bible study for the latest conversation about craft beer, right? And then oh, they yeah. go to try to find all the newest and best and, you know, and it's good to have a beer snob or two in your friend group because then you don't try the bad stuff. <laughs> at the same time, if you spend all of your energy and effort striving after perfection in that place, then what you, is being left? Then you come to the place of my biggest fear in the world is introducing mm. myself in, in the, grave. the grave. Oh my gosh! It, that I, which brings me to that's one of my favorite lines in the song. But I, yeah. I was gonna say like along with the whole anthem of the millennial thing is like the "Tell me where to find the Lord" from a songwriting perspective was kind of his 
I think is maybe his starting point with the song. Yeah. And really, in general, it feels like the starting point, like the rock bottom that a lot of our generation got to, or mm. maybe, I don't know if our yeah, generation. No. But, I know. mean, we kind of span. Like, I fall like keenly middle. You are definitely millennial. a millennial. I'm Daniel the old man. Daniel falls exillennial. Like you're right. on the you're a cusp baby on the upper end of that. Right. And Kiefer falls I'm as a you are a cusp baby, which they haven't come up with the fun name for right. between millennial and Generation Z. Not to get off on the tangent for too long, but I, it's like I grew up like when in high school and stuff. People mm-hmm. were still talking to people like adults would speak to my generation and call us millennials. And yeah. so now in college, it's hard for me to like go backwards and like identify with the younger yeah. generation because now but people now the same adults are like no actually now you're gen z and i'm like what do you mean, <laughs> do you mean? <laughs> but anyway the whole the whole point i was trying to make is that like the tell me where to find the lord is like he's clearly he's saying that line like after he's saying i've been in the, the churches i've been in this thing so he's not he's not asking that question to churches no he's just like asking that question to the, I, I don't know, like, like that's he's kind of searching. I'm one. I'm wondering who he's asking that question to, and I and I and I feel like I've been there. Like I feel like that was my starting point four or five years ago. Like mm. entering adult life, all that kind of stuff. Like I just feel like that was my starting point of like, okay, youth group was fun, and now I'm like in the real world, and I don't know how faith works anymore, and I'm. And at church still just kind of felt like this place at times of like the, you know, where where I go to have fun. But like I actually have some real deep issues and things that I, mm. I'm trying to work out with the world. And I'm, you know, where where do I actually find God in all of this? And, you know, a lot of I think a lot of people have found it outside traditional church spaces. And I think that there's been this whole divide, like trying to get people back in the church. Like we're always asking the question, like, where are all the millennials? And then we kind of, you know, can get maybe even a little bit like mad that the millennials aren't around anymore or, you know, right. whatever. But I don't know. I, I think that it's like a rhetorical question and a rhetorical question and a starting point. But I think that the place that a lot of people are starting to come back to, and I've definitely come back to this place is like, I, it's everywhere is like, that's, and we've like been comfortable with that. And so I think with that notion of like, God is ever like, I can find God everywhere. Like people are a little bit more comfortable in churches now because we're comfortable maybe becoming everywhere. I think you and I had a conversation yeah. about um, uh, like the, the gen, like the younger and younger you're seeing mm-hmm. uh, people, the more they're like, not necessarily, they're still maybe sort of leaving the church, air quotes, right. leaving the church, but they're, they're holding on to that spirituality. Yeah. I think we can, we still have the eyes maybe to, we're still looking for God, but we necessarily not, haven't necessarily found what we're looking for. I keep coming right. back like, to that YouTube even song. When you have that conversation with so many people, um, even above the millennials, like, cause we, we like to act like it's just the millennials and just the Gen Z's that are leaving mm-hmm. the ch- church, but the baby boomers also left the church, you know? Yeah. And, and eventually came back <coughs> by and large. Yes. But, but by and large yes. and not totally, but not totally. And, and I think this anthem, again, I think you're right to nudge us beyond a generational segmenting here. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, I think, the tell me where to find the Lord is the cry of humanity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we just, for thousands of years, have had a fairly potentially oversimplified answer yeah. to that. Um, but tell me where to find the Lord is, is the cry of all of our hearts in many ways, right? And we have people, you know, 
transferring out of the church and into the church, trying to answer the same question, mm -hmm. right? You talk to the person who left yeah. and they were motivated by this question. You talk to the new person who just showed up. They were motivated yeah. by this question, right? And, and, and part of that rationale is why, you know, a couple weeks ago we were wrestling, why do people need Jesus, uh -huh. right? And, and it's why it's a deep, profound belief for me and practice that I don't need to be able to tell you why you need Jesus. Right. I need to be able to name why I need Jesus. Because if I tell my story, there's a chance that somebody else can find themselves in it. Right. He has told a story that is his and he owns it. Mm -hmm. And watch just what happened. Yeah. Right. Three different generations or two cusps in a full on <laughs> or however we want to label this around this table have found a piece of this that speaks to our soul in the midst of it because he was willing to tell his, his story, story. Yeah. and and the way in which that seeking and finding has worked and hasn't worked and and i think one of the things that's so true in this story and in so many of his songs of david ramirez's songs in particular um that get into kind of these waters, uh, not in a gut punching way as like this one always. Right. Sure. Um, but um, is this beauty of, of there's permission to search for this outside of the traditional means. And I think that's something that I have seen um, being a pastor now and experiencing that with friends who've left the church and even with um, before that in college and stuff, some of the best religion conversations I've had are sitting in a bar stool. Oh, yeah. Or some mm -hmm. of the best conversations I've had are sitting under the stars at night. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's because they're in those kinds of spaces, um, even with cigarettes and disheveled uniforms, right? It, it almost allows the roughness of our outward appearance to reflect the inward um, dishevelment of trying to find and answer those bigger questions because we are pushing um, our drive for success in America and our drive to do, do, do and go, go, go. Um, one of the like results of that is people aren't asking and exploring and spending time with the really big questions. Mm. But there's something about a good beer or two, and there's something about sitting under a blanket of stars that help open people mm. to slow down enough, I think, mm. to ask those questions, to tell me where to find the Lord. Well, for thousands of years, humanity had this baked in time in their day where they would gather, the sun would go down, they didn't have yep. electricity. They would gather around the campfire in yeah. community, in part for safety, because they were safer mm -hmm. in community than they were otherwise. But they would gather and they would tell stories. And, and that's how, in many ways, this, the identity stories that we find in Scripture yeah. right, made their way generation to generation to generation long before we had a literate society. Because people had time at the end of the day and they took time to ponder the depth and the breadth of life and, and all of its meaning, both in, you know, in, in sort of mundane humanity, but also as it relates to, to God and how God works in the world. Um, and that, it, that space in our go, 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 and when we get home, turn on the TV or flip open our tablet or whatever, you know, sort of, we go from go, 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 
to check out mentally. Yes. Right. Completely. Um, and <clears throat> we haven't, we've not left space for those deep conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, sociologists recently discovered uh, or recently uh, studied some native groups in Africa, uh, and, and my brain is failing me right now, so I can't remember exactly where, but um, to, to quantify this phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because it's something that makes sense on the surface, but they wanted to, to yeah. really be able to name it and own it and, and sort of prove it, because, you know, we like to prove things. <laughs> um, Over here, on right, this side. Yes. Right. <laughs> but, but the specific statistic is escaping me, but what they discovered by, because they recorded conversations and they took, sat, just sort of sat in and engaged and around the campfire at the end of the day, people were 40% more likely to talk about the big, deep mm. meanings of life. Yeah. Because space existed. Yeah. Right? And, and so, you know, I know that some t- when some folks hear you say after a beer or two, you know, you can really open up, that, that's going to make some people tighten up. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and there was a season in my life where that would make me tighten up. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but really, what, what you're talking about there is not the beer liquoring up your mind nope. and loosening your tongue and all that, but but that there is an inherent slowing down mm-hmm. in that. There's an inherent grounding in that. There's an inherent, I'm just here with you yeah. to have a conversation, to be. I don't have anywhere else to go. I don't really want to pay attention to this TV, and I can't even hear it anyway. Yeah. And it's probably got a football game on, so, you know, who cares? <laughs> um, Amen. <laughs> I might care. It depends on how fantasy football is going for the day. But um, but there, there is yeah. that, you know, something about, I mean, even the quite literal thing of two beers in, you need to sit there for a little bit before you're driving anywhere. <laughs> Peace. That just grounds you and says, I'm here, and yeah. I'm having this conversation. And so you're existentially open to sort of those, where is God in life? Where, mm. you know, where can I find the Lord? How can I be connected in such a way so what i hear you advocating and is Mm -hmm. not any specific medium for getting to that conversation but saying how in our lives can we have these conversations yeah and i even think you know to advocate on behalf of the church right because i am someone who is in the church who has chosen to return and spend her career right working in it i think when we find the churches that are doing this well Mm-hmm. I think Sunday morning becomes an expression of what we're talking about. Um, Sunday morning becomes a space where we are allowing for the space for the people who need to ask the question of the day, tell me where to find the Lord, and that's okay. And for the people who know exactly where God is and where God is in their life, and we celebrate that, um, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. um for the people who are like, I got drug here and what is going on, right? <laughs> yeah. But tell to me like, where to find, tell me where yeah. to find the exit. <laughs> oh. But to That's even create what I'm space, for. <laughs> right. the exit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. But to, for them to create space of curiosity, you know, mm. to say, oh, maybe there is something here more than coffee and donuts because we know that's true of this church. Absolutely. And something more than fluorescent lights, even. Mm. Um, because there is a power to be found here and there is a truth um, in this church and in many churches. Um, And I think it's when we create those spaces of deep community and that 
the worship, not just the sermon, so it's not just on yeah. you and me and Daniel, but in the full worship and in the other expressions of what's being offered is space for life to happen. Yeah. Um, the fullness of that and the ability of a medium to create the spaces uh -huh. for these kinds of deeper questions to be asked and wrestled with. Hmm. One of the things I would, you know, just to help us to go a little deeper and, and have a little more uh, clarity, I would wonder, uh, and I, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you a question and then I answer it myself. So, <laughs> All right. um, but just you said it, it is much more than the sermon, and it is mm -hmm. absolutely. But as a weekly preacher, right, mm -hmm. um, and our primary preacher in our contemporary space, yeah. what are some things week by week in the development of that sermon, which is the biggest single piece yeah. of speaking into people's lives that you're going to do in mm -hmm. a given week? What do you do? You, how are you intentional to create? that kind of environment and space where you're meeting people who have found Jesus and can point and, you know, sort of, you know, in their own mind and those who are deeply searching and the guy who's looking for the exit. I mean, yeah. how do you? So I think um, for me, it comes in a few different avenues, but mm. um, the biggest and primary one is why does this matter past the amen of the sermon? <laughs> so what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. but um, is it more than just a pretty story? Mm. Is it more than just some good information right. about this or that Bible mm. or whatever illustration ties to the Bible? But does it actually hold something for your day-to-day -day life? Mm. Um, and if it doesn't, then the sermon's not done. Yeah. I've always said in that vein, I've always said it as like if I walk into a place and I into a church and I feel like it's a, a bunch of people just feeling real good about themselves <laughs> like that's that's always kind of been the the thing because I do think church should also be like a not mainly convicting and also not mainly you know like feel good we feel great about everything because we're yeah. just saying all the right words and high-fiving and shaking hands and stuff yeah like there's this balance there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's this balance somewhere in there. Of Got a like, good parking spot. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just think there's there is a balance to be found between like it shouldn't just be all smiles, but it shouldn't just be all fire and brimstone either. Yeah, it's, and I think that's one of the things that um, happens in a lot of sermon. Like that's one of the other pieces is w what is the not just. Um, head knowledge yeah. of what to do with it, but even what is it making you feel? Mm. Um, and to allow those to reflect the same kind of emotions that we reflect in our daily lives. Um, so, you know, for the um, Why Bother series that we did, right? Those were hard questions we wrestled with yeah. and powerful and important questions. So if all the sermons, had, if I'd come at them at this like happy clappy kind of like, <laughs> Or um, pure intellectual argument, right? Yes, Devoid from right. the emotion of life. Either. Right. Yeah. Um, but instead to come at them from the like, hey, this question um, hits home for me too. You know, yeah. when was the last time I asked it of myself? Um, yeah. I think is uh, important. And also for along that line of feeling and emotion, all that gets tied to if I'm not being honest and authentic, yeah. then what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me that question and your response of the thing that you actually talk about all the time is that in, in your benediction style mm -hmm. that, or it's not your benediction style. It's the thing you kind of 
mirror from Naughty Bolts Weber where she does the if you're fill in the blank if you're fill in this blank yeah. if you're like kind of where she goes through that whole no matter what point yeah. you're at this is for you as well and like you, this can affect you differently it can every yeah. every single person can be hearing this and charged with an, a different you know in set her, of things to do uh, when they leave or yeah. a set of things to think about and all that kind of stuff and her rhythm in that is mm-hmm. you know if you're the person looking for the exit Jesus blesses you. Mm-hmm. If you're the person where you and Jesus are great, Jesus blesses you. If you're hashtag blessed. <laughs> if you're hashtag yeah. blessed, Jesus blesses yeah. you. And yeah. if you're, you know, if you're asking this rhetorical question, um, Jesus blesses you. Yeah. And I love that reminder. Well, I think it speaks to, as you said, authenticity. But I think there's also a level of vulnerability that is required. If, if we can't, like if, if the way we plan sermons around here, right? Mm-hmm. We've got through Lent of next year, big picture scoped, yeah. right? With the broad theological points mm-hmm. mapped out so that we can be intentional in our direction. Yeah. But at the same time, each week we have to be able to say, where does this live and breathe in my life? Because I can't help, like I can't even attempt to help it live and breathe in your life if it's not living and breathing in mine, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. right? If I can't name, even if it makes me cry in front of people, which makes me really frustrated and awkward and all of that, why I need Jesus in any given moment, then what am I doing with what I'm doing, yeah. right? Uh, you know, there's a level of if the sermon doesn't preach to me, it ain't going to preach to anybody, yeah. right? Now, I'm not my own target audience, but it should speak to my soul. right? And sometimes you've got to be willing to let people in. To, to oh. name, you know, there, there is often an image that the, the pastor and their family are this, this sort of perfect little entity of everything is just happy, clappy <laughs> right. all the time. You know, it's yeah. leave it to beaver or something, you know, and and there's never any struggle. There's never any heartache. There's never any pain. There's never any crisis of faith or, or whatever. And, and, and I certainly don't go around trying to invent stuff to make sure it connects to people in all stages of life. But I think we need to clearly be able to name this is where this is living and breathing in life right now. And this is how God is speaking to us in the midst of it right now. Um, Preaching is vulnerable work. Not that it, you know, you still have to be healthy in that. Sure, yeah. Um, But there is a vulnerability that has to... You don't preach from open wounds. No, you don't (laughs) preach from open wounds. Preach from scars, not wounds. I've heard this point. You know, Daniel, Jesus wept. Right. That is, that is, uh, that is scriptural. <laughs> You're <true>. allowed. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it once. It's all good. <laughs> Just the one time. Right. Just, Just the, the once. once. No. Yeah. There, there, you know, but that is um, because if I, you know, part of the truth is if I were to name where I go in unhealthy times and places is I go to the place where I put on the everything's perfect, everything's great, life is just amazing, and I am awesome. That That is, in, in a place <laughs> yeah. of unhealth. Tag clause, I am the best. <laughs> That's the, I mean, yeah. it, 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 you know, I've realized saying like this makes me sound like a real jerk. Um, but but that is the shadow place where I go when I'm unhealthy, right? Um, and, and so part of getting rid of shadows is exposing them to light. Right. And so I think by naming that, but and also just naming those moments in our lives where even if it's as simple as every time I sing Let It Be, 85% of the time is it's an aspiration rather than a, something I can stand in assurance, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying, God, please help me trust you enough to just let it be. Yeah. Right. Right. Even, the, and then that's not 
radically vulnerable, but even naming that helps diminish the shadow, diminish the potential for sort of being placed on a pedestal, which every preacher faces. Yeah. Um, and, and every person faces in different spaces in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your kids will likely put you on a pedestal until a certain age, and then they'll knock you quickly off and of it. And then you're never getting back uh, on it. you're never getting back on it. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's such a power um, in what it means to be open and vulnerable and authentic. And not just from the preaching place, but also from how we live our lives as Christians. Yeah. Because that's how we're going to encounter the people in whatever generation they fall in, that are asking this question. Um, And we have to be authentic enough and we have to create that space in our life to be able to have those questions answered. Maybe not completely, right? But to to know something of them. Um, So that when we encounter the person in disheveled uniforms with the cigarette hanging out of the mouth, then we're not going to approach them in a place of judgment, um, mm. but instead in a place where we hear their question and maybe we're even willing to not try and fully resolve it, mm-hmm. just like the song. But mm. perhaps rather we'll be willing to invite them to come experience a place that will allow them to find space to not wring this question out of tell me where to find the Lord to the universe, to the rhetorical self, but instead into a community that will show them what it means to find Mm. the Lord. Amen. Today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast, I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Jess Keeper. And we just, again, want to thank you so much for listening uh, and supporting this podcast and, and especially to our congregation who keeps up with this. Somehow y'all still hear these messages on Sunday mornings and you still want to know more. That's great. Um, and we just encourage you to um, leave uh, reviews, uh, comments, all the things to help us get uh, more out there, to get more listeners, and to just reach as many people as we possibly can, because we want this community to grow. We do want this community to grow, and you know, if you keep firing shots at sermons that you, know, you hear these sermons and somehow <laughs> still want to hear more, um, you know, tell me where to find, tell me where to find Kiefer, he's out back. Um, he, he may have a bump on his head, don't worry about that. Not really. Where's just Kiefer? jokes. Just <laughs> he, jokes. He's on leave. He's <laughs> just, just jokes. No, I mean, there there are some Sundays where I leave church and go, oh, man, I am sorry, Jesus. Um, I tried, but it did not work. It happens. Um, it happens. Um, not to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The queen of Christian adjacent has spoken. It never happens. The gold microphone's getting to your head. Right. Just a little. Just a little. Um, we need a moment to grow this morning. We have gathered. We have said all what sorts of craziness. To this in the evening. Well, then you need them. <laughs> <laughs> We're just all over Dan. We are. are. And now this week's moment to grow. <laughs> and now today, as we go forth into our very everyday lives, I invite you to this moment to grow. I invite you to grow by knowing it's okay. If you find yourself wondering, man, 
where can I find the Lord? I invite you to know that it's okay if someone you love is in this place. How can you, this day, meet them there? Not to solve their problems, not to give them your answer, but just to say, I am with you, I am here for you, I have had the same questions. And then maybe, just maybe, after that time has passed, you can invite them to come, come alongside you and experience the beauty that you know. May we grow, not just on our own, but together. And now go, receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go this week. If you are crying out, tell me where to find the Lord. Jesus blesses you. If you are sitting in a pew and you love Jesus more deeply than you ever have, Jesus blesses you. And if you are somewhere in the middle, trying to just find the time to get through the ordinary things of the day, Jesus blesses you. May you go in peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.